Proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp. September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Welcome to Your Life the Mixtape presents Headliners. Each week, I am joined by the best and the brightest stars of music from all over the world to find out a little bit about what makes them tick. This week, I am joined by an activist, a musician, a writer, a curator, and someone who I am blood obligated to interview anytime she has a new project out. And it just so happens that uh, she does. Her new song, Object Permanence, is out right now on all of your favorite streaming music platform. Please welcome the one and only Miss Alex Hendricks. Good morning. Good morning. What an introduction. Um, so tell me what is the worst question and uh you're allowed to say one of mine since you've been on all of my shows at this point um what is the worst question you've ever been asked in an interview so i cannot remember the specific question but in general i always because i'm very vocal about writing about mental illness um and experiencing mental illness I get weird, like general misunderstandings about mental illness all the time. Like, oh, but you're fine now, right? And I'm like, no, I'm horrifically depressed. I didn't want to come to this. <laughs> it's always that kind of thing where you're like, no, 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 I am unwell. I'm actively unwell. It is, it is taking everything in me not to burn this place to the ground right now. But thank you for asking. <laughs> The voices in my head are telling me to hurt you first because <laughs> right. of that question. Yeah, lots of those kinds of things for me. If you could collaborate with any musician, living or dead, who would it be? Such a good question. Um, for me, it would be Scott Hutchison from Frightened Rabbit, who did tragically pass away. Um, relatively young also just a few years ago and that for me was like the person who really set the tone for me as far as writing actively about um, mental illness and personal demons there are a lot of influences that I have in that realm but he is the one I think that did it the most soul-bearingly 
and I would have loved the opportunity to get to work with him. I love that. That's a fantastic answer. (laughs) Thank you so much. Describe your latest project in one word. I think longing would be my word for that one. It's a good word. Thanks. And the perfect word. Yes. Who is the artist that if they popped into this Zoom meeting right now and said, Alex, go on tour with me, uh, who, would you, who would you drop everything for? Stevie Nicks. Hands down, it would be Stevie Nicks. She is on tour right now, so I think it's possible. <laughs> it's not outside of the realm of possibility that she could ask me. You never well, have know. I got news for you. <laughs> She's not coming. Uh, <laughs> I would have. Look, if if I had Stevie Nicks hidden away in a pocket of this Zoom meeting, you would have known when you logged on because I would have been beside myself. <laughs> not okay. I also would have hoped you would have done me a solid and been like, hey, brush your hair, Stevie Nicks. <laughs> right. There there would have been texts. Like, look, um, I know yeah. nobody's going to see the video, um, but uh, comb your hair, do something with your face. Yeah, she Just, will see it. Yes, <laughs> right. yes, yes. Right. It's like when you know your friend is getting engaged and you have to make sure that they get their nails done. That's exactly the loyalty and kind yes. of fanfare I would expect here. Absolutely. If you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? I think it would be work-life balance. I'm very much, I'm an artist and I'm creating in the music industry, but I'm also on the live music side of the music industry. And I think work-life balance is something that is such a struggle. I am really lucky to be in a company that really values it, but that's not the case for everyone and you really have to be able to set boundaries to kind of set the tone for what's acceptable in that situation so i think that overall work-life balance would be amazing (laughs) nice and that's uh that's the first time that uh somebody's mentioned that in this this particular question so well nice thanks it is interesting coming from that side of it too where you're like you know, getting advanced calls all the time and, you know, trying to also live a life and trying to do a job well. And it's just, <laughs> there's no office hours in right. this, you know, live music industry. So those would be nice to have, I think. So speaking of live music, um, what's a, what's a venue that you'd give anything to play? Red Rocks. I'm sure that is a very popular answer. Um, I just that is cannot. The like, answer. The only answer. That is the answer. Well, might I recommend to all of your listeners the Orion Amphitheater, nominated for Amphitheater of the Year? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody, everybody wants to play Red Rock, and having been it's to so Red Rock, cool. I totally get it. Yeah. I mean, what a moment! Just like yeah. one with nature. And I mean, I don't, I'm not a performer, but I'm like, I, I want to play Red Rock. 
Yeah. Also, there are so many cool pictures of really insanely cool people playing Red Rocks that you're like, whoa, that would be neat. What's your um, worst habit during the songwriting process? I tend to like labor over five options for essentially the same word. Like I really get into like, well, is this a better option? Like it's the same thing, but it just has a slightly different connotation. So I really am like nitpicky about it. That's definitely my worst habit. Nuance is important though. So that's true. That's true. It's just, it, there are times when I cannot move forward because I am having so much fun driving myself crazy over one word. What, uh, what's a song that anytime you hear it, like on the radio or streaming, uh, you're like, damn, I wish I wrote that. I have so many of these and this one just popped into my head when I was thinking about this question. It's silent all these years by Tori Amos. I just think it's a perfect song. It is beautiful start to finish. It's like moody. It's angsty. It's got the like beautiful bridge build. That's got this like really powerful melody moment. It's just all perfect. I think it's a flawless song and it's not the way I write. So if I could write that way, I would be so happy. Nice. Describe your perfect day. So I have been trying to get a lot better about finding little moments of joy and really capturing those. So I feel like right now fall is here. Thank God. Right. Uh, It would probably be like drinking coffee in my backyard. Um, maybe going to like a farmer's market or a little fall festival, something like that outside, just being out in the world in a fun fall outfit, drinking fall coffees, doing the fall things, and then coming home and watching a movie. So I guess my perfect day. Yes. What's a song lyric, yours or someone else's, that's always stuck with you? I feel like this line, since I was a teenager, maybe younger, maybe a preteen, um, it's a line from You're So Vain that I had some dreams, they were clouds in my coffee. I just think that's such a beautiful, melancholy thing to put in this song that's kind of a big middle finger in general. And then you have these like really vulnerable moments. I love that. That is that is fantastic. Carly Simon is good for for a lyric that's like, shit, I feel very attacked right now. Yes. Like really <laughs> devastating out of nowhere. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, I thought we were man hating. What are we doing here? Right. What are we why, why why is this my fault now? Yeah, I don't understand. What's your favorite cuss word? So mine are not words. Mine are like strings of violent, vile, horrific things that you just like threats really, but using as many curse words as possible, you know, like 
I can't even, I, I'm genuinely afraid to say any out loud, but it is like violent, um, aggressive stances against whoever has made me angry. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and to the, way, to the point that people are like, you're right. <laughs> is this okay? I actually had um, our production manager at our venue was like, man, when I met you, I was, you know, I knew you could do this job, but I'd never seen you operate. And so I was like, is the production world going to be a little like rough and tumble for her? Is she going to be okay? And then you came out of the gate spewing things about setting cocks on fire. And I was like, you're going to be okay. She's going to be fine. She might scare everyone else. This is okay. What is your favorite Beyonce song? I feel like it's so basic, but irreplaceable. Nice. That's an excellent I answer. just think it's, it's an anthem for all time. It's just empowering. It's everything. Excellent. What is something that people would be surprised that you own? Um, I'm actually looking at it right now. I have a collection of antique books. Um, and my two favorites are, it's a two volume collection of Victorian London. So it's like national landmarks in Victorian London. And it was, you know, 1830s was when the book was written. Oh, wow. I get very excited about things like that. <laughs> Now, for the listeners at home, uh, the room that Alex is in has book pages on the wall behind her. That's true, it does. This is also an antique book, but um, I didn't like it, so now it's my wall. <laughs> if there was a musical Mount Rushmore, for you, who would be on it? Oh, for me, Okay. I don't know about for me. I think for everyone. I've created a national landmark for everyone. Okay. I think that's important. All, you know, things <laughs> for all people. So I've got Elvis, Michael Jackson, Aretha Franklin. And this is an outlier, but I also think Teddy Roosevelt's an outlier on Mount Rushmore. So this is my Teddy Roosevelt, Kurt Cobain. Solid. Those are solid answers. That's, yeah. It's, I, I think this is this is my favorite question of the set because I always like to see where people you know who people put on their on, on their Mount Rushmore, uh, but like yes. up on a pedestal who they think are the four. So I feel like good. for me, I would jo Joni Mitchell would be up there. Paul Simon would be up there. All of mine would be people in the very much the same vein. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who lived in Greenwich Village in the 60s is on my Mount Rushmore. Your musical Mount Rushmore is Greenwich Village in the 60s. Yeah, it's, it's just, just Greenwich Village, actually. Yeah, it's a recreation. Describe your music using only colors. Black. <laughs> like it's just black, maybe gray. <laughs> I feel like there's some purple, maybe some gold in there. Like... Yeah, I actually thought about gold. There's a little, yeah, it's like black with like little um, gilded gold accents. Yeah. 
like a very expensive Victorian corset. Yes. Oh my God. That's right. I'm starting to realize maybe no one would be surprised that I have Victorian uh, London books. Maybe that was the opposite answer. (laughs) Or something uh, that everyone assumes you own. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. There's, there's a very, um, very much like a Jack the Ripper period of London at night, walking along the Thames in the fog with the gaslights on to vibe to your music, if that makes sense. Yes, a hundred percent. That is exactly what we go for. <laughs> so you, you are the lead singer of like a, a super group. Um, who are the other members? So I feel like James Mercer from The Shins. I would want him in there. I think that Dave Grohl is necessary because any, I mean, he just, he, man's got a drum, you know, like right. he's already starting his side groups. Why not be part of mine? Um, and then I feel like I need someone, I don't know, maybe you can help me cast the last person. I feel like we need someone versatile, someone who can do Maybe one of the kids from super organism that just plays weird um like didgeridoo you know yeah. or like coke bottles or whatever they're doing i want something that you're like whoa that's strange yeah that works i like that like like a like a didgeridoo or like pvc pipe. somebody from the blue man group yeah. to come in and play like the pvc <laughs> pipes like that would be a super group that's it i've got to yeah. have a blue man group member so me james mercer from the shins dave Grohl, blue man group guy yes that's our set. Let's say hypothetically that um, the music industry gods come down from on high and they push a mountain of cash at you and they say, you're allowed to cover one song from any artist's catalog. Money is no object. We're going we're gonna to record it. We're going to release it. We're going to promote it. We're going to do videos and tours and magazine covers, all this good stuff. What song do you pick? I thought about this a lot. I think that I, well, it's part of the magic deal that I can sing it well all of a sudden. Is that like part of the shtick is that they're like, and you're great at it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. I think that I would do Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. Nice. It's such a banger. It doesn't get the attention of the rest of them, but it's like such an emotional. I used to play ukulele covers of it. Um, and you can make it so angry. I like that. I I once heard and I forget uh, who who did it. So if you were if you are this artist, I apologize. Um, they took "Go Your Own Way" and turned it into like just this absolutely heartbreaking like ballad. Yes. And like by the end of it, I was in tears. I was like, "Fucking hell, this is incredible." Yeah. Uh, my close second was 
Down Under by Minute Work. I'm always trying to turn Down Under into a spooky cover because it has that like really yeah. kind of haunting. Yeah. It could be really creepy. Hmm. I need you. I need you to get on that because now I need. That. <laughs> I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna work on it. What's a song that you've written that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack? I think maybe Necromantic in like a Mike Flanagan show would be nice. That's my dream for Necromantic. I can see that. That's perfect. So this next question is kind of a uh, choose your own adventure type thing. Um, I have three of the most cliche questions that all musicians get asked in interviews. And uh, I will let you pick the one that you would like to answer. Your choices are who are your influences? What got you started in music? Or what is your creative process like? I will go with what got me started because I didn't really, I'm much more writing forward than I am music forward. So I started in music because my dad was obsessed with music and he used to print out lyrics to his favorite songs and go over them like line by line with me. So we did that with American Pie and we did it with like Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald and he would just explain what the things meant. And I thought that that was so cool that you could have all of these kind of hidden meanings and hidden feelings in this kind of nicely tied up pop song. I just thought that was really interesting. And so I started writing lyrics and someone told me no one was going to look at them, that they were just poems without music. And so I angrily picked up a guitar and learned how to play. And that's how I started that's fantastic. Just annoyed that someone told me <laughs> that no well, one fuck, would pay attention. I'll to fucking me. show you. Yeah, I'll do it myself. Rude. <laughs> what is your strangest pre-show ritual? So this is really weird and I'm also a little bit ashamed of it. Um, But when I was playing live shows all the time, you just kind of like have to scarf something down on the way, usually because you're coming from somewhere else. Um, (laughs) Chick-fil-A. I would just eat Chick-fil-A in my car on the way to shows, which is not good for your voice or body or mind or soul, I'm sure. (laughs) But that was it. You know, sometimes sometimes it's it's convenient. That's true. Convenience is key. Convenience trumps everything. So this is my my hard-hitting Jane Polly portion of the show. Um, I'm ready. Do you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer? Artist, 100%. Nice. I do not feel comfortable in an entertainer like arena maybe with my music I think with other things yes but with my music I feel very much like 
this is kind of this weird thing that I do that nobody maybe even listens to, but I'm just doing it because I need to. So very much a little tortured artist when it comes to my music. Now we are, uh, for the listeners at home, uh, it is um, about 8.30 in the morning where Alex is. Uh, so how many alarms does it take to get you out of bed in the morning? Just one. But in general, my cat has already woken me up. So I'm laying there angrily, um, waiting <laughs> to be told it's time to get up. But in general, I'm very much a morning person. I do not do well with late nights at all. Um, that's a struggle. I have like, you know, borderline narcolepsy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely morning. Not I, that hard for me. Yeah. Um, usually about 10 o'clock, I'm like, all right, well, we're going to, we're going to wrap things up and, uh, you know, I'll catch <laughs> yeah, you too. kids in about eight hours. Yep. And then I go lay in bed and watch Antiques Roadshow because I'm a thousand years old. <laughs> Just a really nice ritual. What do you think is, um, the biggest misconception about musicians? I think that people think we know what we're doing and we don't often know what we're doing. Even if you're really good at portions of your craft, I think there's always something that you're trying to do a little differently. You're trying to add to, and you're always kind of in this place where you're like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this well enough? Is this too far? Is this not far enough? And I think people assume you go in just like fully formed you know all the way on it and no there's so much like you know constant evolution and constant pushing the boundaries for yourself and so you never quite feel comfortable what moment in your career are you most proud of so recently like last week recently I got to play one of my original songs at my venue which was wild it is an 8,000 cap amphitheater um run by one of the most amazing venue I mean the most amazing in my opinion venue management companies in the world um that was wild it was wild to have been on like the side stage bringing waters to people like Chris Stapleton <laughs> and then suddenly be on stage myself. It was just such an insane experience. Um, that and definitely weirdly something much smaller that just happens every once in a while that really makes me go, okay, you're doing this right is I get old men who cry at some of my songs sometimes. And that to me is always like, Yes, we are where we're supposed to be here. Absolutely. <laughs> there's always there's always a certain level of pride when you make a man cry. Um, it's true, especially like an old gritty man yeah. from who who went to Vietnam. Like he's yeah. seen some stuff. Yeah, he's, but he's, he's some things. What is the first song that you remember hearing? Uh, Mrs. Robinson by Simon and Garfunkel. 
And I remember it because we, my parents used to live in Mobile when my dad was in medical school. And when I was like two years old, we were going back to Mobile and the person we were going to stay with was named Shirley Robinson. And so my dad thought it was like very funny to sing Mrs. Robinson all the way down. And that is a core memory for me as a child. Excellent. Um, if, if you could start your career over from, from the moment you decided to pursue music, would you do anything differently? I think that I probably, if I could do it again, would not put some of the earlier things out there. Um, I would wait until I had something that I was really proud of. I think there's this kind of pressure to have something for people to hear, especially like when you're trying to book shows and I would just go about it differently now. I think Um, there, there is a lot at the beginning where you feel like you have to kind of give up some of your standards to just have something listenable. And I regret those things more than anything, I think. That's an excellent answer. Thank you. Um, other than your cat, what keeps you up at night? Literally nothing. Um, my anxiety response is need to sleep extra. So it's that kind of mild narcolepsy <laughs> that I cannot stay up. It, if I'm really stressed and under the kind of pressure that keeps other people up, I'm like falling asleep at 2 p.m., in the middle of a work day, like can't keep my eyes open in meetings. That's my body's like, my body is just like, Hey, why don't you just become unconscious for this? (laughs) You don't have to like, you don't actually have to exist in the world. Why don't you just like take a cute little nap for a while? (laughs) Would you ever uh, maybe try acting full time? I would love to dabble in acting. I don't know. Would full-time mean I would have to give up music is maybe a question. Um, in this scenario, uh, you put music on pause. I see. I see. Um, yes, maybe just for the experience. I think it would be fun. I think it's kind of a different creative muscle to flex also where it's getting to kind of but similar too, because for songwriting, you pull from a lot of your experiences and then you use them on a paintbrush to paint different songs, essentially. And that's kind of what acting is. You just pull from what you know, or you figure out what you don't, and then kind of try to make this cohesive experience. So I think it would be very interesting to do that. Why do you have a project? (laughs) (laughs) Is this a pitch meeting? It might be. Stevie. <laughs> right. Am I playing Stevie? <laughs> so, um Object Permanence is out now. I uh, tell tell the folks listening at home and all over the world uh what it's about, how, all that good stuff. So, Object Permanence is about the kind of dissolving of a relationship when only one person realizes it's happening and how lonely that feels and how you're like, did you never even 
care at all how are you not understanding that we're not in the same place that we were and so it's you know the longing of that and it's the loneliness of that and it's the sadness of watching someone just fade in front of your eyes and not even know that it's happening because they just don't pay enough attention to you to understand that that's what they're doing I have a great relationship with my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, and I I wanted to do it a little bit differently. I wanted it to have a little bit more of a contemporary feel as far as the way it was produced and um, still have these kind of nods to 80s and 90s ballads and um, just tie it all together in this kind of moody little (laughs) moment. It's fantastic. I love it. Thank you so much. Lots of doubled vocals. It's, I mean, it's, it's good. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll tell the, I'll tell the people at home uh, what I told you the first time I heard it and that it's, it's very, it's very reminiscent of a project that uh, Belinda Carlisle would have put out. Um, in the 80s it's got it's got that very much that vibe um and yeah it's 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 a fantastic track and you should be very very proud of it and i'm not just saying that because i'm blood obligated to i'm saying that because i believe it thank you so much <laughs> that means so much to me i feel like you are an arbiter of taste I try i try so so what's next what can we expect from alex hendrix um, right now I am finishing out this concert season. We're an outdoor amphitheater. So, um, end of October, I actually get to end on Stevie Nicks on Halloween, which is amazing. Oh, uh, wow. that's my, as of right now, last booked show of the season, um, doing that, probably looking into putting together an album soon, I hope, and, uh, working on doing some fiction writing also so kind of expanding into the literary realm nice yeah um so tell the folks uh listening uh where they can find you on social media uh where they can check out your music and all that good jazz you can find me on instagram and tiktok at alex tries life um, you can find my music on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, something, whatever their thing is. Um, all of those <laughs> things. Um, you can make uh, TikToks with my song, which I would love to see. Um, yeah, I'm kind of everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. <laughs> um, thank you so much for uh spending part of your morning with me i've taking a break from pulling out your your fall items to to do this little show thank you so much i've got my jacket on so i know it's gonna be a good day (laughs) something my grandfather would have worn
This has been a Rod Wharton production in association with Spring Break 83 Entertainment. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without explicit consent.